0: Welcome to church! Today, Pastor OJ is going to be continuing our series, Thriving in Edmonton, where he'll be talking about how we can have faith during times of chaos. If you're new here, we'd love to connect. You can message us on Facebook, Instagram, or by simply texting hello to 587-323-1199, and we'll respond right back. I'm so glad you could join us today. God wants to change the world through all of us. With the talents and abilities that you have. And this means being bold and courageous. So it's time to work hard. It's time to go back to our mission of making disciples who make disciples. And it's time to see God's glory and God's peace poured out on our friends and our neighbors and our co workers and on our city like never before. It's time to thrive in Edmonton morning. We welcome all those of you joining us online and all those of you joining us in the house in one of our three auditorium areas. We welcome you uh, this morning. We've had another amazing week. I don't know about you, but God is so good and he's done so many good things all the time. Today we celebrate another person coming to Jesus Christ. You can see the light on behind me. Another person came to Christ this week. Praise his name. Wasn't that baptism amazing? Yeah. What an amazing testimony. Praise God for his faithfulness. And I just want to make an appeal to those of you who may be joining us online or those of you who may be in the building. If you have not yet been baptized since you've become a follower of Jesus Christ, I encourage you to plan to do that, connect with one of us. Uh, pastors or Bruce, and we'd be pleased to work with you in that. If you're online and you're feeling the tug to baptism, just uh, message us, and we will be back in touch with you to prepare for the next baptism. Praise God, He's at work, and we're talking about thriving in Edmonton, and that's the series that we're in. We're a message uh, three this week, and the third message in our series is called thriving in chaos. Now, there's no doubt that it feels like our world is kind of in a state of chaos. Anybody felt that? <laughs> this morning, we're going to be looking at strategies as to how we can not only survive, but how we can thrive in the midst of the chaos. I've been asked this question are we living in the last days? And I want to answer that question by referring to a couple uh, passages in the Bible. Uh, Hebrews uh, chapter 1, verses 1 to 2 reads, In the past God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son. Also in 1 Peter 1.20 we read, God chose him as your ransom. Aren't you thankful for that? Long before the world began, but he has now revealed him to you in these last days. So the answer is yes. From these and other passages in the New Testament, it's clear that the last days on God's timetable refers to the time, that, the period that began with the first coming of Jesus, And it will culminate and end at the climax of his second coming. That's the period of the last days uh, when Jesus comes to wind up history. So what an incredible, exciting time to be alive. How many of you are thankful to be alive at this time? Yeah, it's exciting. However, Jesus did warn us that these were going to be chaotic times. Matthew 24, verses 6 to 7, Jesus said, And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. Places. So Jesus said, These chaotic times must come to pass. However chaotic they may seem to us, they will continue to be part of the human experience. Why? Well, because sin came into the world through the rebellion and disobedience of man, and all creation has been subjected. To, the, to frustration, subjected to the fall of man, subjected to sin. The good news, that's why Jesus came the first time to shed his blood for the forgiveness of the sins of mankind. And that's why he's coming back a second time to restore all that is marred and all that is broken. Praise his name. Pestilence pestilence is probably a word we don't use a lot. Uh, The definition is a contagious or infectious epidemic disease that is virulent and devastating. The different plagues and pandemics that man has dealt with in the past and will continue to deal with in the future are part of this brokenness. But we read in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 8, but all this is only the first of the birth pains, with more to come. Now, we have six children, as you know, eight grandchildren with six children. So I've had some experience with birth pains. Well, actually, let me clarify. <laughs> <laughs> to be more accurate, my wife had the direct experience with the birth pains, and I was there to support her through it. I remember one time we went into the hospital late in the evening, experiencing contractions, birth pains, and you know, they came and went all night. We were there all night. We were quite embarrassed to walk out in the morning with, our, with the suitcase and baby had not come. They sent us home. They were just birth pains. The birth wasn't ready to happen yet there would be more birth pains to come on another day that would lead to the birth. In a similar way, our world is continuing to experience the birth pains in preparation for Jesus coming back. And like birth pains, the chaos will continue to increase both in frequency and severity until Jesus comes back. So the question is, So how do we thrive during birth pains? How do we thrive in a world in chaos? So the process, this question, I want to go to the Old Testament, to a book in the Old Testament, and the prophet, the book is named after the prophet that wrote it, and it's kind of an interesting name, Habakkuk. Can we say that together? Habakkuk? Anyway, Habakkuk had gotten some very difficult news from God. About the chaotic times that were ahead. God had told Habakkuk about the coming invasion by the Babylonians. So Habakkuk, the prophet, knew what was coming upon him. And he knew what was going to come upon his people. And this is how the news impacted him. He said, I heard, and my heart pounded, and my lips quivered at the sound Decay crept into my bones and my legs trembled. He was so afraid that his fear even impacted him in a physical way. Certainly, there's a lot of fear in our world today, right? And the fear will continue to increase in frequency and intensity even as the birth pains increase. As a matter of fact, Luke chapter 21, verse 26 tells us about that. It said, Men's hearts will be failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. So, my question this morning is what's your strategy for dealing with the fear of the things that are happening in the world and the things that are coming? What is your strategy for managing birthing pains? In our pregnancy, we went to what they call prenatal classes. Anybody been to those? Kind of classes where they're teaching uh, all about the birthing process and how to manage the labor pains and how the husband's supposed to be the coach to kind of work through that with your wife. And uh, so we took those birthing classes. And you know, when you go into the birthing process, With a strategy, the birthing pains are not so fearful. Because you have a strategy going into them. So God had told Habakkuk about how his country was going to be invaded, plundered, and how his people would be taken into captivity. But God also told him how the story would end. He reassured Habakkuk that he would judge the Babylonians for their sins And that he would ultimately deliver his people. So in the midst of his fears. Habakkuk had hope. And he focused on the end outcome. And here's what he said in verse 16. He said yet I will wait patiently. For the day of calamity to come. On the nation invading us. Now the phrase wait patiently comes from a Hebrew word. Which would contain the meaning to rest or to settle down, or to remain. Settle down. And I believe that's the word God would have for us even right now, is settle down, rest. It's actually the same word we find in the Ten Commandments where God tells us to rest on the Sabbath day. It's also the same word we find in the narratives about the Promised Land where God promised to give the Israelites rest from their enemies in the land. So the translatable principle we learn is to rest in the Lord during times of chaos. So Habakkuk, he determines to rest in the Lord, waiting patiently for God's deliverance. So even as our world gets more and more chaotic and as we get closer and closer uh, to the coming of Jesus, we are to be encouraged. And remember, Jesus said, see that you are not troubled. Don't be troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Don't be troubled. They're birth pains. Rest in the Lord. Wait for his deliverance. Be encouraged. Luke 21, 28 in the NIV version puts it this way. When these things begin to take place... Stand up, lift up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Praise his name. And you know, redemption can actually be translated deliverance. I like the way the contemporary English version puts this same verse. It says, when all of these things starts happening, stand up straight and be brave. You will be soon be set free. So we know, we know, these things have to come to pass. But we also know that Jesus is going to have the last word and that he will deliver us and he will establish his kingdom. Habakkuk knew that even though there was difficult and chaotic times ahead for him and his people, he knew that God would bring the deliverance. My wife, Barb, and that's Barb in the front row with the white uh, jacket on, for those of you that don't know her. And uh, I know I married up, but that's a good thing, right? <laughs> My wife, Barb, uh, was able to endure the uh, birth pains in anticipation of the joy that would be ahead with each of our children being born. She was, able to, she was looking forward to the children being born. She was able to go through the birth pains. And I actually remember when the first one was born. When the first child was born, Michelle, I remember Barb saying almost immediately after she was so overcome with joy, she said, I can do this again. (laughs) And you know she did? Five more times. (laughs) Such joy. Willing to endure the pain. The birth pains for the joy. Of the birth. Habakkuk then goes on to make some of the strongest expressions of faith and trust in God that we find in the Bible. And he gives three different scenarios of faith. First one we pick up in verse 17a, and he says, So though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines. And you're saying, Hey, just a minute. I don't have a fig tree. My, how many's got a, who's got a fig tree in their backyard? Nobody? <laughs> of course not. So uh, how does this apply? It's imagery. It's a metaphor. It's figurative. Buds or blossoms on a tree are a visible sign of hopes to come. My wife's really into gardening, and she's all in flowers and all of that, and she's watching. She watches for the buds. Or the blossoms, because it's not just a blossom, it's not just a flower, it is a tangible sign that the figs and grapes are coming. However, in this scenario, there are no signs for the future. The fig tree does not bud, there are no grapes on the vine. This represents that there are no visible signs that the things you are hoping for in the future will ever come to be. Do you have hopes and dreams for the future? But there's no visible signs they will ever come to be. Do you ever feel like saying, God, God, please give me a sign, just a little sign, just some type of hope that something's going to change, something just to hold on to? Well, then you know how how Habakkuk felt. And he would tell you, this is what he would say to you, when you have nothing to hold on to for the future, hold on to God for that will be enough. He says, trust God no matter what. And then he goes on right to the next scenario. He says, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food. Now the olive crop and the fields refer to the things that you are trusting in the present. They are a symbol of your present means. But in this scenario, what you are trusting, the olive crop fails. The fields produce no food. The things you are trusting in the present fail. Now the word that's translated a fail here from the Hebrew contains the meaning deceive, disappoint, Fail. The things you're trusting that, that they look like they're going to come through, they fail. The idea is like this. You planted and cultivated the fields. You worked the lands. You tended the crops. And now it's finally time for harvest. And you're excited about that. And then a hailstorm comes. And all that work, all that effort, it all comes to nothing. Maybe let me bring it a little closer to what's happening in our world right now and to a number of us right here this morning. You get laid off after years of faithful service to the company. You lose your job and you have no current source of income. You take all your hard-earned money. You invest your money in what looks like a very balanced portfolio and the market collapses. Or you put years into a relationship with another person, and now that relationship comes apart. Or the medicine that you are trusting for your health doesn't work, doesn't protect you. Or the healthcare system that you were trusting in fails. Or the government that you were looking for to provide for you and to lead you through the chaos fails. So, what do you do? What do you do when all that you are counting on in the present suddenly comes tumbling, crumbling down? What do you do? What do you do when you suffer bitter disappointments? Here's what. Habakkuk says, he says, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, trust God no matter what. Then the third scenario that he lays out, in verse 17c, he says, though there are no sheep in the pen, and no cattle in the stalls. See, the sheep and the cattle in this Metaphor, refer to the things you are trusting from the past. They are a symbol of your reserves. But in this scenario, you have no more reserves to fall back on. There's no more sheep in the pen. There's no more cattle in the stalls. Or to put it in today's term, there's no more money in the bank. There's no more equity in the house. You've taken out all the equity. Your friends and family have helped you all they can. And your credit cards are maxed out. And your physical strength is failing. It's gone. Your emotional strength is gone. Your reserves are all used up. So what do you do? What do you do when all your reserves are gone and you have nothing to fall back on? Habakkuk would tell us, Fall back on God and He will hold you up. Though there's no sheep in the pen, no cattle in the stalls, yet I will trust the Lord. Praise His name. Then he goes on in verse 18 with this radical verse. And he says, yet, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. Praise his name. Habakkuk says, Though you have no visible hope for the future, and what you are trusting in for in the present has failed you, it's let you down, and you have no reserves from the past to fall on, still rejoice in the Lord. Why? Because he is God. He is all-powerful. He is almighty, and He is always good, and He is our Savior. And He will deliver you. He will deliver you in His time. We find this instruction in the New Testament in 1 Thessalonians five sixteen to 18 Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, Paul is not talking about our feelings here. He's addressing our mindset, and he's addressing our focus. Folks, I'm hearing so much anger. I'm hearing so much complaining. I'm hearing so much fear and division in our world today. Social media is filled with endless rhetoric. Let's stop all the rhetoric and let's adjust our focus to focus on Jesus. Focus on Jesus. Now certainly, there are many circumstances that can bring sadness, grief, sense of bewilderness and frustration into chaos. I get it, for sure. I experience it. So I don't believe Paul is saying to us, just put on a happy face. Just be ha- just be happy. Put on a happy face. Because God doesn't want us to be phony. He wants us to be real. Amen. And you know what? Sometimes we don't feel happy with what is happening. But joy is deeper than happiness. Because it is... Unrelated to the circumstances of life. And it is anchored in our relationship with God. Let me say that again. Joy is deeper than happiness. It is unrelated to the circumstances of life. And it is anchored to our relationship with God. It is the exhilaration of the Spirit that derives from a deep-seated confidence in God's incredible love, in His power, and in His work in our lives. Folks, the deeper our roots extend in our relationship with God, the more joy we will know. So if you're still putting your confidence in your own abilities, if you think you can do it on your own, or if your faith is only an academic issue and is not a vital relationship in your life, you will never experience this kind of joy. See, the joy of the Lord in our lives is vital to finding the strength to thrive in a time of chaos. Nehemiah 8.10 tells us, For the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. So notice what happens as Habakkuk chooses to focus on the joy of the Lord. Tells us in the next verse, in verse 19, here's what he says. After he focuses, says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Then he says, the sovereign Lord is my strength. Strength comes to him. The guy that started in the beginning of this, these verses uh, in fear is now saying, The joy of the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer, and He enables me to tread on the heights. Habakkuk was about to go through some very rough times. The thought of it had scared him so much that his heart pounded and his legs just trembled and shook. Yet as he trusted and rejoiced in God in the midst of the difficult circumstances, he found strength from God to deal with the difficult chaos ahead. So the translatable principle for us is find strength in God to thrive in the midst of chaos. So what is the strength that God gives us? What does it look like? Well, Habakkuk had painted a really... I think a really neat uh, image, a picture, of a female deer running, if you can picture this, a female deer running on the heights of the mountains, steady, sure-footed, uninhibited, and unafraid, full of freedom, full of confidence as she scales the heights. Do you long to enter the high places with God? Well, then find your strength in Him, And he will take you to heights. He will take you to places you could never imagine. And you will thrive in the midst of chaos. Praise his name. The prerequisite to beginning to thrive in life at all, just beginning to thrive in life, is a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That's where it starts. Jesus came to this earth, took upon himself the form of humanity, walked among us, allowed himself to be crucified, because that was part of the reason he came, shedding his blood for my sins and for your sins. Jesus came to bring life and to bring it more abundantly. He came to bring life so that we can thrive. And if you're here this morning, On the main floor, in the upper balcony, if you're in our lower auditorium, or if you're watching this online, I want to lead you in a prayer. I want to lead us all in a prayer where we open up our heart to Jesus. And if you've never invited Jesus to come into your life, I invite you to do that as we pray this prayer. And this is the beginning. This is the first step to begin living a life where we will be able to thrive. So let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for going to the cross and dying for me. Lord Jesus, thank you that you rose again on the third day. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are knocking on the door of my heart, my mind, will, and emotions. And today, Lord Jesus, I open the door and I invite you in. I invite you in to be my Savior. I invite you in to be my Lord. And I receive your strength. I receive your strength. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today for the first time and uh, made the decision to follow Jesus Christ, I just uh, celebrate with you. It is our desire to be an encouragement to you in your newfound faith in Jesus. And coming up on the screen is a, is a telephone number. If you can take out your cell phone, and if you can just text LIFE to 587-323-1199. And as you uh, text LIFE to that number, you will find there will be a screen that will come up that you can just enter some brief contact information, and that will allow us to be able to get a online resource to you which is called next next steps which will be very helpful to you in your newfound faith journey in Jesus Christ praise God thank you for making that decision this morning if you're here in the house or downstairs come and connect with me afterwards I would love to meet you and I also have that resource I could share with you in a booklet form praise God let me ask you the question is it possible to thrive while having birthing pains? Yes. One of the most memorable walks I remember having with my wife, Barb, was actually while she was experiencing significant birthing pains. Her, con- her contractions had begun. So we drove to the Misericordia Hospital and we checked in. And we were up in the room where we, where we checked in and we were staying there. And uh, then we got the idea, why don't we go out for a walk? By the way, I'm not necessarily recommending that this is what you should do, or, if, or I don't even know if you could still do this today. This was quite a number of years ago. Anyway, we went out for a walk. We went out to the parking lot, and then we got the idea we should go for a walk in the River Valley. We were already checked in, so no problem there. We got into our car, drove down to the River Valley. And it was this beautiful fall day, I remember it so well. Beautiful fall colors, it was stunning, and it was beautiful. We walked, we talked, we enjoyed the fall colors and God's creation, enjoyed each other. And the beauty of the River Valley, while all the while, Barb was experiencing increasing birthing pains. She was thriving in the beauty of the moment while the birthing pains were increasing and we were anticipating the birth of our child. Suddenly she said, you know what? we got to get back there right now. So we went back, went up to the ward. I don't know, nobody said anything. We, we were checked in and ready. About 20 minutes later, our sixth child, Krista, was born. Yes, we can thrive while we're having birthing pains. Folks, we are anticipating the most glorious event of history in the return of Jesus Christ. A time when he will permanently establish his kingdom and when when all of the harmful and ugly effects of sin and pain in this world will come to an end. So even as we... Go through various birthing pains. Let's continue to look forward to the end of the story. However, meanwhile, the birthing pains will continue. So we need to thrive in times of chaos. How do we do that? Rest in God. Rejoice in the Lord. Because find strength in God. And then focus on the mission. Focus on the mission, and that is really, really important. I believe we shouldn't be focusing on all the chaos. We need to be focusing on Jesus and his mission. Matthew 28, 19 to 20, the last words of Jesus prior to his ascension. He said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That happened this morning. Praise his name. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And here's this incredible promise. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. He said, I'm with you to the very end of the age. When's the end of the age come? Matthew 24, 14 says it very clearly. And the good news of the kingdom will be preached throughout the world. Folks, we're just entering into the time, I believe, of one of the greatest moves of God in the history of this planet. People are coming to Christ everywhere. Everywhere. It's incredible what's happening. And you know what's going to happen. All nations will hear. The word that's translated nations is ethnos. All ethnic groups will hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then the end will come. So let's continue to focus on the mission. Let's stand together. Thanks for joining us. If you need anything, do not hesitate to contact us. You can find more information on our website or on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. We'll see you again soon.